today on the Emmaus Institute for Disciple Making podcast. Evan Jones continues his series, The Gospel, How to Share the Good News of Jesus, by answering the question, How do we proclaim the gospel? Okay, so did first off, did anybody do the have a chance to do the homework? Um, did anybody have a chance to share the gospel, or any even if you didn't get through the whole gospel, any opportunities to talk about Jesus? Oh, I got a hand. Go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. You want to share any about it? Sure. I'm kind of putting you on the spot. No, no, not at all. Was, okay. Um, was actually at work, and um, uh, one of the one of the women that worked for me was just having a really tough time with assignments and. Yeah. I called her into a room just to talk about work, and um, and she was saying that she was having just a really tough time with anxiety and a lot of things going on in her life, and I think the Spirit was just saying, tell her about Jesus, and I'm like, no, <laughs> no, this is not the place for this, and she just continued to, to talk about um, her struggles, and just, you know, again, the voice inside just said, tell her about Jesus, so after about three or four times of me saying no, I asked her if I'm... She had a support system, and she said, "Yeah, I have, you know, I have friends that I can reach out to." I said, "Well, do you have a church family?" And she's like, "No, you know, I don't go to church." And I was like, "Well, I did my job, right?" Yeah. <laughs> and then um, it still kept pressing on me to uh, to tell her about Jesus, and and I said, "Look, I know we're at work, but uh, you know, I think that this is more important than HR calling me with an issue." But you know, I said, do you, "You know, are you a believer? Do you go to church? You know, do you know about Jesus?" Yeah. And then kind of told her my testimony. So, um, that's awesome, man. Yeah, just Praise God. That's awesome, man. Thank you. That's so encouraging to hear. Really cool. Anybody else? Any 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 other opportunities? Yeah, Craig. Sure. <laughs> I know all about it. I'm asking Dave. I said, Dave, I'm just asking him questions about his ministry. Always, we, we have a really close relationship. I was asking him how his church was going and how the ministry was going. And he was telling me stuff. Well, there's a young kid working. And, and Dave is a very high level manager, very successful in that company. And uh, he put a question to this young kid. I say, he's 28, he's young. And he goes, well, do you ever do you have a faith or something like this? And this guy, John Payne, he said, well, uh, he said, yeah, I've been thinking more about it lately. That's all he said. I made a little note. I said, okay. He has no idea, but I'm going to be coming after him. <laughs> and uh, so that was a couple weeks before I broke my wrist. So I break my wrist. Things kind of were on hold for a while. Then I went to our technical center where he works. He's in service. I'm in sales. And somebody was encouraging, hey, you ought to talk to somebody about sales. You know? So we got about that. So we set up an appointment last Friday. And it's so funny because it you, you put the you put the homework out there. I said, you know what, I've got to do it now. Huh. So I called him up and said, hey, let's meet you on Friday. So we met on Friday. 
for talking at lunch, and I did kind of lay out, you know, what I would do if we talked about sales. I kind of laid out, you know, two or three things that we would be doing. And he's, he's kind of easy. He just wants to learn all these things. And I said, hey, before we do this, if I don't want to, that's fine too. You know, it's going to take us a month to get through. And then when we got through, I asked him about the scripture. I asked him about, I said, you know, you know when we have a trailer? You made the comment, you know, you think about God. What, tell me what you know about it. Mm. Just ask the question. Good question. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think that's one. You version, yeah. So he downloaded he so when I called him today and I was asking about the sales training, and then I said, Hey, how did you start in Matthew? And I, for some reason I was thinking, you know, he said, Well, I hadn't really started yet. I said, No, but I'm in chapter thirteen. Wow. That's awesome, man. I'm like fired up, man. Yeah. I'm not doing anything, I just have a great yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. So that's an awesome awesome testimony. But that's the reality. I mean, we don't, it, it's just God, God will use, he will use us, but he's going to, he's going to do it. It's just, you know, it's, it's an honor that, that he'll even use us and, and, and be co-laborers with him. But that's the, that's the neat thing is getting to, to, to share in that with the Lord, to rejoice. And who knows? I mean, you know, sometimes it just starts with a conversation. Um, and it doesn't have to be. Again, it doesn't have to be you have to, all these points. I mean, we're going to go through and share methods. We talked about this some at your table last week, but don't walk out of this class thinking like, okay, did I do everything? Evan? Oh, I didn't say everything Evan said. This ain't going to work. You know, that's not, that's not what it's about. You know, the, the mo- most important thing is that the gospel message gets to people. But sometimes think about your own story. I mean, there, there, you may not remember exactly how it happened, but there were, there were little pieces here and there. 
There was something that was said maybe when you were young. It got watered when you were older. And maybe you just remember that one experience and that, that's what you remember and, and it's crystal clear. But you rest assured that the Holy Spirit was doing things uh, throughout your lifetime to bring you to Him. And, you know, that's, that's a great testimony and that's a great testimony. You, you, never, you never know where it goes, but more and more, just be willing. Just be willing to, to be that vessel and when the Holy Spirit does, you know, prompt you, you your knee jerk, if you're like me, is going to be no. Like, you know, that's your, your typical knee jerk is you, you want to just no, preserve self, not say anything. But it's learning to deny self. Again, those of us that are going to follow Christ, that's part of what salvation is about, is He's not just Savior, He's Lord. And if Lord, He's our Master. He's the one that, that we obey. He's the one that we follow. And so uh, learning to say no to your flesh and say no to the, the fears. This was the week before last, but I meet with a group of guys. It was about ten or twelve of us, and we meet at McDonald's. Okay. And uh, at the end of it, we we always pray. And two week, two Fridays ago, we were praying, and and just got done praying, and looked up, and there was a young guy. He may have been 17, 18, 19 years old. That just sat down with us in the, in the group, and he said, "I just wanted to just wanted to be with the prayer." Just wanted to be That's awesome. Prayer. That's awesome. We couldn't get him to stop. He said, "I got to go," and he, and he walked out. But I thought, "Wow, you know, he just just it's beautiful." With us. Yeah, and those you and, and and you don't know. It could be an eternal impact. I, I can think of times where I was having a Bible study at a Cracker Barrel or a Starbucks. People overheard it. You know, even at Cr- Cracker Barrel, came over and started talking to us. Hey, I heard y'all talking about this, and then they ended up coming out to some of the the services to hear what was being taught. So it's like you just don't know. I mean. You could just be talking about God in a godless world, and you know maybe maybe it strikes up a conversation. So that's awesome, man. I'm I'm that is so encouraging. Thank y'all for sharing those. That's awesome, and I think I look forward to who knows what what else um, is to come. You know, I think this is just a, maybe a springboard for all of us to be reminded more and more that this is what we're we're called into doing. So thank y'all. Um, I'm gonna. I, I am gonna share a a video a little bit later of a a gospel presentation uh, that I like. One of the resources I mentioned to y'all. I'll share that in a bit uh, from uh, Ray Comfort. But I do want to kind of go over some topics tonight. How do we proclaim the gospel? Um, we'll talk about some methods. Uh, you know, one that we've already looked at, and then a few others as resources. You have a sheet of paper, or you should have a sheet of paper on your on your table that lists some of those resources, like Romans Road. I'll talk a little bit about those if y'all have questions. Um, you can ask me here or, you know, um, or, or I can follow up with you on email if there's something else you need. But that's what I want to jump into. Um, I don't need to get too much into a recap. I think um, for the most part, we, we, we know we've talked about the first two weeks. We got into the why, why the gospel. Um, you know, obviously we, we talked about billions are lost, uh, that God loved us first, ultimately that Jesus is worthy, and then I know last week we really jumped into what is the gospel. Um, and so I think tonight I really want to spring from that and jump into um, how do we proclaim that gospel. Uh, and I'm going to start out with number one. I've got like four, four little points here I want to cover. But I think number one, um, I don't have fill in the blanks for you. So you may want to just write this on, on the back of that or on a sheet of paper if you have it. But number one, how do we proclaim the gospel by the Spirit. We proclaim the gospel by the Spirit. I, I really want to make sure I emphasize that. Um, 
If somebody could help me read tonight, I'd like us to read in, in Luke 24, um, 44 through 49. Luke 24, 44 through 49. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for reading that. So he's talking to his disciples. He's talking about um, really the promise of his spirit. And that's one thing that I, I just want to remind everybody in the room. It's easy to maybe look over it or get in those situations where you feel like, I got I to gotta have this all right. I got to have this all perfect. I just got to, I got to say it right. But you got to be reminded that it is by the spirit that we proclaim the gospel. You, you need to remind yourself that, you know, if, if, you have, if you have opportunities or you feel like there's somebody that you do want to share, that, that you are reminded of this through prayer uh, and through just meditation on God's Word, that it is, it is by the Spirit, the promise of the Spirit that would come um, and, and, and that they would be endued with power. He told His apostles that, that they would be endued with power from on high. So we do need to be reminded of that. When we're born again, when you, be, when you become born again, God gives you the Spirit, and the Spirit helps to bring things to remembrance. And I, I can attest to that many times, uh, you know, even times where I purposely have been out sharing the gospel in downtown Atlanta or at a mall or things like that where, you know, sometimes the hardest part is to have that, that conversation starter, just to, just to talk with somebody. But as soon as I open my mouth, man, it's like so many scriptures would, would come to mind or questions or, or conversations. And I know that that's the Holy Spirit because, you know, it, it's not like I, I can remember all of those things just in a moment, but He brings things back what, in, in, and it's pertinent to each person. And every situation is different. So, it, you know, it may not be John 3.16 for this person. It might be something from Ephesians or from the Proverbs or from Genesis. But the Holy Spirit, and that's what we have to learn to trust, is learn to trust uh, uh, the Holy Spirit in us uh, by the Word of God. That, that, that That's enough when we go to talk to people. As we, as we immerse ourselves in the Word of God, we, we, we memorize, we meditate on it, that when we stand before people, we're going to trust that God is able to, to use us, and He's able to remind us of those things. So I just want to remind you of that, that it is by the Spirit. Um, you know, another, another scripture that points this out is in Luke as well, Luke chapter 4, uh, verse 18. Somebody will read that. And this, is, this is, pertains to Jesus Himself, but... Yeah, somebody read that, please. Thanks. Thank you. And we know that Jesus was obviously and is the Messiah 
uh, but we have that beautiful scene of where he was baptized by John the Baptist and saw the, you know, the heavens opened or, the, or like a, something like a dove descending and the voice of God saying, Behold, my, my son in whom I'm well pleased. But what Jesus did, he did by the Spirit. And so that, that's what each and every one of us have to be reminded of, that this is something that we do by the Spirit. Um, if you're uncertain about whether you have the Spirit of God living in you, you can be certain about it. Um, Acts 2.38 makes it clear. Uh, he says, If you repent and believe, you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Um, again, so I'll talk more about repentance and faith and, and belief. Uh, but Romans also tells us that we can, we can know and we can be sure of our salvation. But the Apostle Paul points out, too, that we ought to examine ourselves to see if we be in the faith. And how do we examine ourselves but by the Word of God? So, you know, soak in the Word of God, read the Word of God, and uh, you'll be convicted. You'll be convicted by His, His law. You'll be convicted if you're in sin. And, uh, and, and, and if that be the case, then the clear command is to repent and to believe. Um, so number two, uh, number two, how do we proclaim the gospel? Through prayer. Really, really want to emphasize this, y'all. I know it's only like four points I'm going through here, but we must pray. We must pray for the lost. We must pray for opportunities. Um, you know, if I've looked at other people who, who love to evangelize or, or go out, none of those people do that without prayer and without extensive prayer, uh, asking the Lord. You know, one thing we can pray is that He would send out laborers. You know, He'd send out laborers into the harvest. He told us that... that uh, to pray in that way, and so we should pray. Um, Ephesians 6, 18 through 20. I'm going to read this. It says, Praying at all times in the Spirit, with all prayer and supplication, to that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints, and also for me, that words may be given to me in opening my mouth boldly to proclaim the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains that I may declare it boldly as I ought to speak. The Apostle Paul is asking for people to be praying for him so that he might proclaim it boldly. I think you and I could very easily raise our hands and say, well, hey, I, I, I ought to be praying and also asking for others to be praying for me. If, it, if, if the Lord is stirring that in you uh, to, to proclaim the gospel, to be bold about the gospel with people, be sure that you're on your knees praying for them. I think about uh, there's people in, in my neighborhood, and I'm sure you have friends and stuff like this, but I have neighbors right across the street and that I'm praying, I'm praying for and asking God to save them and asking for opportunities to, to share with them. Um, and I think we have to be open. We have to be open to those opportunities, but also be praying for those people that they would be saved and trusting in the Lord to do that. You know, I think of those stories and maybe you've heard some of these like family members. It was 10 years, 20 years, 30 years. I've been praying for this person for 40 years. And then it seems as if in one moment, you know, they get saved. Floyd was sharing with me about his, uh, his father getting saved later in life. And he believes that some of that was because of, I think, his grandson. Uh, no, my son, his grandson. No, so yeah, okay, his son sharing with him. And there were things that Floyd shared with him. And, you know, you might even look at those and be like, well, you know, I wasn't effective. And that's really, that's not even what it's about. We just, we trust the Lord to bring about salvation, but we want to be faithful. We want to be faithful stewards to do what he's called us to do, but not to lose heart. You know, it's easy to lose heart, especially when you see somebody who's dead in sin, who seems like they're never going to change. 
Uh, I think it's hardest with family members at times because we know them, they know us, they know our failures, they know our good and our bad, but don't lose heart. Uh, God can change anybody. Uh, the scriptures make, make this very clear. You look at some of the kings, you look at some of the ways that God was able to come in and, and, and change people. We must hold on to that, but, but know that as we seek Him, the Word of God says that the effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much or it accomplishes much. So when you pray, stand believing and trusting that the Lord can do it. Um, and uh, we can hold Him at His Word for that. Uh, number three, how do we proclaim the gospel? We must open our mouths uh, to proclaim that gospel. We looked at, I think, this verse probably both nights, but I'd like to read it. Romans 10, 13, and 15. Uh, who would like to read that? Romans 10, 13 through 15. Yep, Romans 10, 13 through 15. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. How then will they call on him? How then will they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how are they to believe in him of whom they have never heard? And how are they to hear without someone preaching? And how are they to preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news. Amen. Thank you. And again, that, that we got to open our mouths. You know, how do we proclaim it? We have to open our mouths. We're going to have to, we have to trust the Lord, but we, we, we have to speak. We have to share. You know, people, we talked about that, that, that number uh, actually a couple times about how many people are lost. Uh, nobody knows, but as far as unreached people groups, several billion people. And so Christians will have to go and proclaim the gospel to them. So that's, that's one thing we, we have to open our mouths. Um, you know, if you run into intimidation like I do, a scripture that um, I often can go to is 2 Timothy 1.7. Uh, we, we need to be reminded that we are no longer uh, cowards. We, are not, we have not been given a spirit of fear. Um, certainly, Timothy probably uh, struggled with intimidation, fear, and Paul reminds him of this. And let it be a reminder to you and me as well that you know, he's not given us a, a bondage to fear again. He's set us free from that. Uh, but we must cling to the Lord. We must trust him at his word. Or if we're looking at people's responses or, you know, what we think that they're thinking, then we will, we will cower with fear. But God has not given that spirit to us. Um, you know, I look at Jesus' example in, in Mark chapter 1 as a, a beautiful example to us. Let's see. So, uh, verses 14 and 15 says, Now, after John was arrested, Jesus came into Galilee, proclaiming the gospel of God and saying, The time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. So, you know, everywhere he went, he opened his mouth. He taught. There's, there's, there's scriptures that you'll see. And he sat down and he taught them. Or he opened his mouth and he taught them. So uh, we need to be reminded that we must open our mouths and trust the Lord in those situations. Um, and be reminded of Romans 1.16. Uh, like Paul says, I am, For I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God unto salvation to the Jew first and also to the Greek. So we need, we need to have those reminders when we go 
and we do open our mouth, that God is with us. And then number four, how do we proclaim the gospel? By faith. By faith we go. Um, I love the book of Hebrews, and um, this, is, this came to my mind as I was looking this over again last night. So I'm going to turn here. Somebody read Hebrews 11.1 1 for me, please. Thanks. Now faith is an assurance of things hoped for, a conviction of things not seen. Amen. Thank you. And then, um, you know, you've probably heard, like I've heard, people tend to look at faith as, as, as this, faith is blind. Faith is not blind in the biblical understanding of faith. Um, I'll probably talk a little bit more about this in the next section I have here in my notes, but uh, faith is based on God's character. Faith is based on uh, absolutes. Uh, we, have, uh, we have the written word. We have the testimonies of the apostles, uh, the prophets, and we have seen God's faithfulness to the children of Israel like in the Exodus story. So it's not just this blind faith that we're going on. We're going on God's word. We're trusting Him at His word, evidenced by what we have seen in His word, uh, and even through history, history points out and, and um, affirms uh, what, what God's Word has said in the Exodus story. Uh, in Hebrews 11, it also says in verses 6 and 7, I love this. It says, And without faith it is impossible to please Him, for, for whoever would draw near to God must believe that He exists and that He rewards those who seek Him. And verse 7, By faith Noah being warned by God concerning events as yet unseen, in reverent fear, constructed an ark for the saving of his household. By this, he condemned the world and became an heir of the righteousness that comes by faith. Um, you know, you think about that. By faith, he prepared the ark. And you've got to know that he would have looked like a fool to all of the people at that time since there, you know, we don't have evidence of rain. We don't have evidence of these other things. So for him to come out and be building this ark by faith, he trusted God and kept and, and did what God called him to do. And, and we are to do likewise. We're to obey faith and obedience go um, hand in hand. Ephesians 2, 8, 9 makes this very clear uh, that we're to walk by faith and that faith is a gift. Ephesians 2.8.9 says, For by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of works so that no one may boast. Um, and so I love those verses, but we must walk it out. We must walk by faith when we're going and doing this. We're not going to always see the end result. We're not going to always know what's going to happen or what are they going to say to me? Or how is this going to turn out? But we have to trust the Lord uh, in His sovereignty that what He's called us to do, we can trust Him with, the, with, with them, with, with um, their salvation. And then I think the last verse I want to share on that is from Philippians. Uh, Philippians 1, 27 says, Only let your manner of life be worthy of the gospel of Christ, so that whether I come and see you or am absent, I may hear of you that you are standing firm in one spirit with one mind, striving side by side for the faith of the gospel. And let that be said of us as well, um, that we are striving side by side with our brothers and sisters 
for the faith of the gospel, uh, not worried, not shrinking back, but, but walking full uh, of faith. All right, I want to jump into some of the different um, methods of evangelism. I'm going to also, after this, I'm going to jump into maybe some of the common fears you, you might run into or objections, and uh, then we'll, we'll uh, cue this short video. Um, but the first method of evangelism is actually one that we went into uh, last week, what is the gospel? It is on your sheet there. It's uh, four points from what is the gospel. And we'll go through those real quickly as just a, to, to retouch on those. But number one is God, the righteous creator. Again, this, is, this can help you keep in mind, like Craig was sharing, you know, sometimes it just jostles your mind to, to share with people and, and ask questions. Um, but, you know, it, it could be as simple as, you know, asking somebody if they believe in God. You know, what are your thoughts on the afterlife? What do you think happens when we die? Those, those believe it or not, those conversations can really go a lot of places. I, I have found it a lot of fun when I get in an Uber. Uh, I know there's not a lot of taxis anymore, but if I get an Uber or a Lyft, I've had some really good conversations with drivers um, because a lot of times, you know, they're not blasting the music and you kind of have a captive audience for however, however, now if you're going like a single block, it might not work, but... You know, I've had rides to the airport where this is a perfect opportunity just to start to talk to somebody, ask them questions. You know, many times they might be asking you questions. You know, where are you from? What do you do? What do you enjoy? Uh, those kind of things and see where the conversation goes. But that's a good starting point that we start with, you know, with God. The second point in that is man, the sinner. Uh, we talked a lot of detail last week about this, but... Um, you know, it's a good point to kind of jump in uh, with, with people that uh, we're all sinful. We have all fall, fallen short. You know, Romans tells us for we have all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Um, you know, I will tell you, hiding the word in your heart will help so much when you're talking with people because if you feel like, I don't have the answers, I'm not really sure what to say, I really don't know the word, start to... Um, Start to pray and ask God to help you. Hey, I, I want to share my faith, God. Help me. And then start to apply yourself to some of these scriptures um, that, that help you to know what the gospel is and to know how to, to respond to people so that you can give an answer to them. But um, you know, I have found sometimes if you go down this route and you're talking to people or you start using words like law, you got to keep in mind sometimes we get in, in Christianity or in the church culture, we think people know the terms that we're talking about. We might say the Ten Commandments. We might say... It, you might have to really dumb it down, like thinking, like, well, what if, what if they don't know anything? Like, what if they really, you know, I might assume because you're in the United States that everybody's heard about Jesus, but I've had interactions with some people too where I've asked them, you know, if they've heard about Jesus, and they're like, no, uh, that that's not as common. But you know, you, you just really don't know where people are at. So ask good questions, um, but as as you point them to Jesus, they, there needs to be an understanding that that we've all sinned. Sometimes it could be even pointed questions. You could ask them like uh, simple questions. If, if they've ever lied, you could examine some of the commandments and you'll find real quickly that people will start to get a bit defensive. In fact, at this point, you can have people start looking into uh, like, oh, well, you know, I'm not that bad. You know, I, you know, I don't, I'm not like, you know, I used to do those things, but I've, I've changed course or, uh, you know, and they'll try, they'll start using um, uh, their change in morality as if, as if that's made them better. And I think this is, the, this is a point that sometimes you, you, can, you can drive on that and you can focus in on that before bringing somebody to the gospel. There needs to be an understanding that, uh, 
that they have, uh, that there's a penalty for sin, and that they have violated God, and you know God is holy, and 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 we are not. So I think that's an important thing that we uh, focus on there. The third point on that is that uh, Jesus Christ, the Savior uh, and, and Lord, uh, that we really proclaim the the good news. You know, John three sixteen, for for God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. You know, that's, that's a good verse to, to share with people. Um, Ephesians 2, 8, 9 that I just read, for it's by grace you've been saved through faith. You know, letting them know that this is a work that God has done entirely on His own for sinful, for sinful man, for people who have, have, have sinned against Him. God has sent Jesus in our place. And this, I, I think this is a point that, you know, maybe in the majority of people you talk to, they've heard something about Jesus, whether they grew up in, as a Catholic or, or whatever it might be. They've heard, you know, Jesus died on the cross. But oftentimes you'll find that they really don't, they don't understand what happened at the cross. Like, why did he have to die on the cross? What, what took place? And so sometimes sharing with them the good news of the gospel, like, he was a substitute for you. He was a substitute for me. He took on your sin and my sin, and he offers us the righteousness of God. And I think that's one of the most you know, beautiful things of, of what Christ has done is, is He is our substitute. He's taken that wrath that God had and in, in, in His anger towards us, and He has appeased it. He has appeased that wrath uh, for us. So that's something that, that we can highlight. And then as you move into um, you know, your fourth point, the response that we talked about, what does, what does God require of man? What does, do you all remember? There was, there was two things that we said. What, what is the response? Repent and believe, and you'll find that you'll find that throughout the New Testament. That those were, you know, Jesus' words when he came when he came out and he began to teach. You'll see that he said, "Repent and believe the gospel." We saw that in Mark chapter one. But that's what he requires of us. Um, I think, I, yeah, I want to talk a little bit more about that when it comes to repentance. There was something that I saw uh, about repentance that I really like. If you look at um, Repentance, biblically, it's a total about face. It's a turning away from sin and self and unto God. You know, I've heard people say sometimes it's a change of mind and this, but, you know, to make it clear, it is an about face. There is a change in a person's life, so we repent and believe the gospel. Um, You know, I found this, uh, you'll see this on on one of Ray's, uh, sometimes it's good to ask people in that response, when when are you uh, when will you do that? You know when 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 do you think you're gonna uh, repent and, and and make things right with God? And not that we twist someone's arm, not that we're trying to to convert them, but it's a good question to ask and to point out to people at times that we don't know, we don't know the day that that we will die. We don't know how much time, and there is a bit of urgency because if you see in the way that Jesus taught, or the Apostle Paul taught, or any of the writings in the New Testament, there was a sense of urgency. Anytime the gospel was proclaimed, because our, we, don't, we don't know how much time we have on this earth. And so I think that's something that we all want to, um, to have at the forefront of our minds. But, but at the same time, couple that with, I'm not here to, to yank your arm. I'm not here to guilt you into, you know, you've got you've to do this right now. You've got to have this conversion. That's not up to us. So um, I know that those have to kind of be weighed carefully, uh, but with urgency. 
And, um, you know, I saw a point here I liked. I, I was reading something from um, one of John MacArthur's teachings, and, and I like this. But So we often talk about belief and faith. Um, he said, biblically, however, the object of faith is not the divine offer. It is the person of Jesus Christ. Faith in Him is what saves. Not just believing His promises or accepting facts about Him. Saving faith has to be more than accepting facts because we know even the demons believe and they tremble. So we're believing in the work of Jesus. We're believing in Him to be the one that saves us from our sins. There's nothing that we can add to this salvation. There's nothing that we... It's not, it's not 99% Jesus and 1% us. It's all Jesus. It's all what God has done. This is why it's good news. It's the gospel is about what God has done and not what, what we have done. Um, but again, I think I had mentioned this at the beginning. It, you know, it means both confessing Him as Savior and yielding to Him as Lord. You know, we see that, that, that there are basically synonyms between obedience and, and faith. You'll see that throughout the Scriptures. One example there is John 3, 36. Um, and I, I shared that the last two nights. But faith and obedience, you'll see those coupled hand in hand uh, all throughout the Scriptures. So that's just a, that's a recap of... Um, Really, that, that first method that we talked about on, on how to share the gospel. And I want to just talk briefly on, on the other uh, methods that I have listed here. Uh, number two was the Romans Road. Is anybody, by a show of hands, has anybody heard of the Romans Road before? I'm just curious. Okay. So uh, a good bit of the room. Some have not. Um, the Romans Road is simply, it's called Romans Road because essentially it's going to the book of Romans in the Bible and in using the scriptures from Romans as an as an ability to share with people the gospel. And you'll see that it goes, it goes through uh, very similar to what we just talked about in the four points. So you'll see the first point there is the human problem. Uh, we have scriptures like Romans uh, 3.10 and 3.23 and 6.23 that point out the human problem. For all have sinned, you know, uh, no one is good, no, not one. And, uh, you know, we, we're all unrighteous. And so and that's one way that you can share but it's a biblical example. It's really using the scriptures, and this has been this has been used by Christians for uh, a long time. You know, the second point of the Romans Road is uh, we call it hu- humanity's hope in Christ. But this is Romans five eight. I want to read that real quick. And it says, "But God shows His love for us, in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us." So as you can see, it, it, it's leading people down you know, a road, so to speak, uh, about, about God to, uh, to salvation. The third point there is the sinner's response. Uh, this takes us to Romans 10, 9 and 10, and 10, 13, which we've just talked about, that we must confess with our mouth and, and believe in our heart um, and uh, in Jesus. And then uh, the last point there is the result of salvation. Romans 5 uh, 1 and 2 makes it clear. Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through Him we have also obtained access by faith into this grace in which we stand, and we rejoice in hope of the glory of God. So that being the result of salvation. We're justified. We're made right now with God. Um, so that's the Romans road. That's, a, that's another method that you could use as a, as a reminder. Um, you know, not that you have to use every single one of those scriptures, but again, those are, those are things that can help you 
if you're talking with people, to memorize. I would encourage y'all to memorize. There's really not too many scriptures there. I would encourage you to memorize uh, the scriptures there, and uh, those will be very helpful if, if people have questions. You'll be able to share to them some of those doctrinal truths. Um, the third one I have there is actually, um, you could use it on kids. I mean, shoot, you could use it on adults too, but like when we go over and we to Eagle Creek and we do serve the city, I think it was, was it Robert? I don't know if you were there. Robert Bowen, I think he did that one time, one of the, the bracelets. And uh, it's, it's another opportunity that you can use. Oftentimes they have crafts, you know, for kids. They'll do face paint and stuff like that. And they'll make these bracelets. And you can go through here, and each of the colors, they use it as a representation. So if there's somebody like myself who was maybe has the mic or is sitting up there and is talking to everybody, they could go through and explain these. And, and meanwhile, the, you know, the kids can be looking at the bracelets and you can have a time to share uh, the gospel with people. But, um, you know, it, it goes through. I don't really remember if I have that all listed on your sheet with the scriptures. I hope I did. But, you know, you can look at yellow. It reminds us of heaven. Um, you know, that's a talking point that, that they can talk about, about God uh, being in heaven and, and, and the angels worshiping him. Uh, black reminds us of sin. So they're going to talk about sin and, and how we've fallen short. Uh, and again, they would point to these, um, you know, the colors on their bracelets. Red reminds us of the blood of Jesus, gives an opportunity to share about what has Jesus done? What did he do uh, for us? And then uh, the last two, white, um, tells us that, you know, Jesus took the punishment for our sins and our hearts can now be clean. And then the last one there is green, and that reminds us to grow in our relationship uh, with Jesus. So you have uh, several of the scriptures there, but that's just another useful way if you, if you ever have the opportunity to do something like that or maybe it's an outreach to you know, kids in your neighborhood. You know, one of the things my wife and I were trying to just think of creative ways, like how can we get involved with maybe you know, more people uh, in our community. We did, a, we did a thing last July 4th, I don't know if we'll do it this year, where we just kind of had like a little party, block party kind of thing down in our cul-de-sac in our neighborhood just to start to get to know some of our neighbors. You know, we brought snacks, we encouraged people to do that. But as a result of it, we've built some friendships with people, uh, you know, in our neighborhood. And, and so it, it, it really opens up more opportunities now where we can get to know them and share the gospel. So maybe get creative. You know, I've, I've toyed with some ideas of like, you know, we have all these fall festivals. What if we got more like missional focused in, in our neighborhoods? And, you know, maybe I'll rent one of those, you know, uh, bounce houses you know, at our driveway, and we'll, we'll do stuff for the kids and, 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 and have opportunities. Maybe we can share the gospel with them. So the, the creativity is endless on ways that, that we can, you know, share and, and get to know our community. But I just want to, you know, put some of those out there. And then the fourth way that, um, the fourth way that I had listed here is uh, the way of the master, which is uh, Ray Comfort. I'm going to sh- share that video shortly. Um, and I have links on there to his website and, and YouTube channel as well. But I mean, there are probably thousands of, of videos on there and you could literally search a, a subject or, you know, how, Mormons, whatever. And, and he's probably in the last 40 or 50 years uh, shared the gospel with somebody in one of those. And they're just, uh, I love them. I find them so edifying. There's times where it just, it makes me want to, Carol's nodding her head because I know that she looked at, uh, she looked at some of these videos that when I had mentioned it to her, and uh, I think she watched 10, 12, 14, some, some like a, cr- a crazy amount. But that's where I have found myself at times. Like if I'm going to scroll, sometimes it's scrolling there. Um, 
But I think, yeah, I think that's all the ones that I wanted to share, um, you know, with you on, on methods. Any questions so far on those? Anybody? Okay. And again, I don't want you to walk, I really don't want you to walk out of here feeling like I, I have to use this. These are resources just if, if, you're, if you're wanting some different ideas. All right, well, let's jump in. I want to jump into some of the common fears uh, because if you're like me, you're going to be faced with fear, uh, you know, when, you, when you're trying to talk with people about the gospel. And I'm just going to hit on, on some of the ones that I'm aware of that I, I think that you'll probably run into and, and we'll go through. And if you have questions at the end, then maybe we can hit on some of those. Uh, but number one would be fear of what to say. You know, fear of what to say. Um, I use Ray as an example. He's been witnessing for like 50 years. A lot of this is in open air preaching or what I'll call just, you know, you know, walking up to people and interviewing them. He'll use like a little microphone uh, and sometimes his, his iPhone and, and he'll do a video and he'll upload those to his YouTube. He gets people's permission. Hey, can I, can I do that? You know, for, for your time today, I'll give you a $5, um, I don't know, whatever, food, you know, gift card or something like that. And so he has time to talk with people. And, but one of the things that captured me is that any, any time that um, he, goes up to, he goes up to people, he still faces fear. And you would, that's not the kind of encouragement that maybe you're wanting to hear tonight, like, oh, well, thanks a lot, Evan. You know, uh, you're telling me I'm going to be afraid. But that's the real reality is we are going to face fear because, again, we're in a spiritual battle. But we have to be reminded that, you know, God is with us. And uh, some of the points that we talked about already in prayer, uh, maybe sometimes in fasting, but in, in, in meditating on God's Word, when you go out uh, and you step out in faith, you will see, you will see how the Lord will sustain you and how He will help you to overcome that fear. You know, I, th- I think about some of the times where I first had to do that. And I mean, you might, even be, you might even be shaking a little bit. But when you open your mouth and you start talking to people, um, I, have, I, I have just had God's, I don't know, His peace to, to be able to share and, and, and not to, to live in that worry. But many times you're going to be hit with that. Okay, just don't say anything. Um, keep this in mind. Remind yourself of God's promise that He is with you and will be with you. Um, I, 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 like I said, I have found that so many times. That's where I find help in, in being bold. That He is with, you know, He promised us that to go out in Matthew 28. You need to go, proclaim the gospel, teach them everything that I've, I've taught you. And, you know, I will be with you even until the end of the age. And so we, we're reminded of that, that God is with us. His Spirit is with us. Uh, number two, another fear that you're likely to face is the fear of rejection. Um, you know, I think about, uh, you know, Ray mentioned as a new Christian, he came to terms with his fears. He said he would wrestle with the fear of rejection. He said, I sweat drops of blood, man, at the fu- of thought of speaking to strangers. My prayer moved quickly from anyone but me to not my will, but yours be done. Send me. And then he stood to his feet, knowing that the issue of fear was no longer negotiable. And so that was a, it was a decision point that, you know, I'm not, gonna, I'm not going to continue to live in that fear. I'm going to obey and I'm going to listen to, to what God's word has said and trust him, that, that I'm going to trust him at his word. Um, you know, it will come at you. And uh, we have to be reminded that we have to resist the devil with the word of God. 
And oftentimes I've found that it's just uh, meditating on it, saying it even to myself, you know, what God's Word has said, what Jesus has promised to remind me that, that you know, I don't have to be afraid. Uh, and I think this third one here, I don't know how much uh, this, this will enter your thoughts or not, but it could be the fear of violence. Um, you know, maybe somebody's going to, uh, somebody's going to try to hurt me. You know, what are they going to say? This, this could certainly be a fear that we all face. And we got to be reminded, you know, while that could happen, uh, it, it's, you know, I think about, you know, there's a lot of other street preachers and things that I've seen. They're not that common, but it could happen. Yes, something could happen if you're, if you're sharing your, your faith with somebody, if you're, if you're telling them the truth. Could somebody hurt you? Certainly they could, but we need to be reminded that, you know, God has promised to be with us. If we're reminded of the gospel, we know, like the Apostle Paul said, to live is Christ, to die is gain. So should even something happen to you in the midst of the fact that you're sharing the gospel, you know that you're going on to be with the Lord. You're going on to a better place. So we cannot allow the what-ifs and all of those scenarios, worst-case scenarios that pop up into our head to detract us from going and sharing the gospel. Um, yeah, I want to look at now uh, maybe some of the objections that, that you're likely to see um, from people. And, and I'm probably going to read a, a few quotes here from, from others that I have seen, um, you know, articulate this. But one of them you might hear is something like this. Since God is loving, why would he send people to a place of torment? And, and it's likely that you might be hit up with these kind of questions. I mean, I'm sure there's other questions that people might have about, well, I believe in evolution, I don't believe in God. Uh, but this is one. And, you know, I'm, I'm going to read this excerpt that I got here. It says, The Bible tells us God alone is holy. He's the standard of all that is right and good. His nature is pure. And if you think of it like this, I like this analogy. It says, If I were to light a match and place the flame next to a dried out leaf, what would happen? The fire would consume the leaf. And why? Because they're different. Their natures are opposed one to another. So in the same way, God and man have opposing natures. On the day of judgment, sinful man will not be able to stand in the presence of a holy God because they're opposing natures. It isn't that God is unloving, but that He is holy. He is described as a consuming fire who dwells in unapproachable light. So in our sinful state, we don't stand a chance. Our only hope is to somehow take on the same nature as God. And we must be born again. When we turn from our sins and place our, um, our faith in the resurrected Christ, God imputes His righteousness to us. So I just, I mean, I, I really like that because, you know, sometimes you're going to have those questions, you know, how could He, how could he do this? How could he, how could, how could he send people to hell? But again, it's looking at it from the wrong vantage point. It's looking at God as the one that's, you know, God is really not the one that's holy. I am. You know, how could, how could he do that? But you and I know, if we're in this room, we know that that's not the case. I mean, if, I, if my thought life alone was examined by God, there's no way that I would be able to make it into, into his throne room, into his holiness. Uh, much more, you know, any, any one of us, I'm sure, is the same thing. Um, but we do have to have that new nature. And so we talked about this when we're talking about what is the gospel. We have to have Christ's righteousness to come into God's presence. To, you know, when we're saved, we have His righteousness. That's what allows us to now come before God and Him look at us like His Son. That we're, we're holy. We're just like um, His Son. We're holy now. 
but he says in Psalm 96, 13, that he's going to judge the world with righteousness. So next time someone tells you, why would a loving God never send anyone to hell? Or why would he send anyone to hell? Just explain the differences in our natures. God is holy and we are not. And unless, and unless we take on his nature, um, then, then we will perish before him because he has, he has promised that he will judge and he's just. Um, so one more here. Um, this is, you're likely to hear this. If God is a God of love, why hasn't he dealt with evil? If God is a God of love, why hasn't he dealt with evil? Um, I think many assume that because evil still exists today, that God hasn't dealt with it. Um, we know that, that he has. We know that ultimately one day the devil uh, will be constrained to a place that, that we know of is called hell. But why is that going on today? Uh, I, I like what they, uh, what they said here is um, if God was to take everybody who was evil and just eradicate the world, that would be all of us, everybody included in this room too. We would all be taken out of here. We would all get our, our justice, which would be uh, hell. And ultimately, you know, why is it that God cannot, in His divine sovereignty, bring uh, a, a judgment ultimately to evil in the time period that He chooses? And we know that He's going to do that because no one's going to get away with anything. He will judge. Uh, the, the Bible tells us that he's, there's a day appointed in which He's going to judge the works of all mankind. Um, and we know that His Son came to die on a cross to, to take the sins of the world for those that will, that will believe in Him and that will trust in Him. And so ultimately, that's what we have uh, to look to. So, you know, I hope, I hope some of those uh, helped you. Um, you know, I, I think I have maybe a, a few others here, and then I'll, I'll jump into that, that, that video. But, um, you know, you might hear something like this, too. There's too many hypocrites. You know, there's too many hypocrites out there. Floyd, you're laughing back there. I'm sure you've heard this. I heard somebody say, if there's a hypocrite standing between you and God, the hypocrite's closer to God than you are. <laughs> well, there you go. There you go. Also, hypocrites in the grocery store. You've got to stop eating. Yeah. No, and, and I think that's the same, that's the same argument that uh, I was going to go into here. You know, this... I guess people sometimes call these like red herrings. People will throw out, ah, you know, the church is full of hypocrites. And, you know, um, really, if, if you're talking about Christians, we could all say in some area, there's probably an area of hypocrisy. But a true mark of a Christian is somebody who does not walk in habitual hypocrisy. Uh, Jesus had some very clear things to say to the Pharisees uh, for their hypocrisy. But he wasn't saying that to every single person that he came in contact with. So I think the thing that we can take away from that is, while somebody might want to have that argument, we have to be reminded we can't just engage, you know, tit for tat. We can't try to argue every single point. We must, we must you know, come to grips with people and let them realize, hey, you know what, there are hypocrites. And I have no doubt, you may have been involved in a church and, and the pastor was a hypocrite. Uh, you know, maybe, you know, maybe he wasn't really a Christian. Maybe he was somebody who was just trying to take people's money. While that's all possible, um, it still doesn't change the reality of God's word that he is going to hold man accountable one day. I mean, if we think about a court of law, if I, you know, if I come before a judge, you know, because I, uh, I you know, I've sped and I've got to come pay my speeding ticket, I'm like, hey, I got pulled over. This guy was speeding. He was, he was ahead of me and the cop pulled me over. Well, the judge isn't going to say, well, you got a good point there because that guy's not the one that's on trial. I'm going to be on trial. So each of us are going to stand before God independently. We're going to give an account for our lives. 
And that's why we have to center things back on God's Word and stand on it as the authority. You know, if we start backtracking as if the, the Word of God is not the authority and what everybody else says, uh, oh yeah, you know, you're right. You know, since there are hypocrites, you know, maybe my message is not, um, it doesn't stand up to that. No, the Word of God uh, is, is all that we need. Uh, and and we, we have to stand on that and realize that, you know what? Sure, we've all sinned. And this is why we all need Jesus. And this is why it is good news. Because any that will believe, any that will repent uh, and believe will have eternal life. And, uh, I, but that's a common one, and you're, you're likely to hear it. Um, and then I think maybe the last one I'll share is I'm already good enough, or I'm already a good person. It, 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 you're likely not to hear somebody say, I'm already good enough, but you'll hear things along the lines. Like if you were to ask somebody, they would consider themselves, yeah, I'm a good person. Just, just ask somebody. Um, you know, you'll see, if you watch any of these videos from Ray, you'll see nine times out of ten, somebody will say, yeah, I'm a good person. And then, you know, you go through and you'll, you, he asks me some of the questions. And regardless of how much somebody has done, they still tend to look at themselves as a good person. Why? Because their standard is not God's standard. It is, it's me comparing to, to Craig, me comparing to, you know, anybody else. Like, you know, I'm not, I didn't do, I didn't do what he did, I didn't do what she did. But it's not comparing ourselves to God who's perfect and who has no sin. And that's who we're going to be compared to. Um, and that's where we're going to give an account one day. And if, we're, and if it's not, well, you know, I trust in Jesus, then everything else will be an excuse that will not make it. Uh, and everything else will be an excuse where God will turn and say, depart from me, you worker of iniquity or lawlessness. I never knew you. Um, and we don't want anybody uh, to hear that. So that's why we continue to preach. But you'll hear that, um, you know, man, we, we look at ourselves as part of the blindness. We look at ourselves as not so bad, but we do need to re be reminded of that. So um, I think I think that's probably a, a good uh, stopping point. Um, before I, before I jump into this, this video excerpt that I have for you, because it's just one example of taking a day-to-day, -day, uh, everyday interaction with somebody and how you could share the gospel. Are there any questions maybe that we could talk about before I cue that up? Anything at all? Yeah. Yeah, you know, that's a good question. Yeah, it's a good question. You know, I, I think some of those are, those can become circular um, arguments and, and questions from people because in all reality, sometimes I might ask the, the same question. Well, you know, why, why, why believe the U.S. Constitution? Why, you know, why, everything, everything that a person believes is based, is based upon something, right? It's based upon a, a factual well, we have evidence of it. We've seen that, you know, George Washington did this, this, this. But it comes off trusting eyewitness accounts. It comes off of trusting, you know, uh, history, what has been laid out. The Word of God um, has done just that. We have history. We know that it, it has been backed up by other historical documents. We have other writers like Josephus, who was a, a Jewish historian, who uh, you'll see many, many, many of the, the facts in the Bible have been corroborated by him. But he wasn't a follower of Jesus, per se. But he, was, he, he wrote about um, that, you know, his life. Uh, we have, there are more manuscripts 
And Pastor Brian might have to help me out here because I don't know all the answers. But there are more manuscripts. I believe it's for the, for the New Testament than for things like the Iliad and the Odyssey uh, and some of those um, other historical you know, documents that we have. So it's not that there's not evidence. But again, we're talking about faith. Somebody, somebody having to trust in what God's Word says. Just like you put faith in, you know, we put faith in people all the time. I put faith when I go get on an airplane. I'm trusting that the pilot, I don't know him, but I'm trusting that he's going to get me to, to where I'm going. We, we trust things. We put our faith in things all the time. I don't know if I really answered that. Brian, if there's anything you want to share. You're... No, I think it's a, I think it's a valid question. And it shows so much thinking. Right. In 2020, right. And how else as a fulfillment of Scripture. How else do you explain the, um, the hostility that the Jews had endured and yet they maintained an identity that can be traced throughout all of known human history? I think that's fascinating. And the Bible that's beautiful. explains that in great detail and knows nothing else about it. Not to mention that it prophesies them coming back into the country. Exactly. Correct. And that, I think that's the, you know, self-authenticating prophecy. You know, those are, some, those are some good answers, but it might also be good for you to study some of the prophecies. We talked about 300-plus Messianic prophecies. When you look at the Jewish people, when you look at the promises made to Israel, when you look at how it is a people group that doesn't seem to make sense because there's so many other people groups that have, you know, been extinguished in the world, but they have not. God's Word remains true. Uh, you, you, see, you see all the fulfillments that Jesus fulfilled that were like, like Micah, Malachi, Genesis 3, all of these scriptures that point to Jesus and then what he did or things that he said, um, those I would say authenticate or, or point out, hey man, this, this book is more trustworthy than your U.S. history book that you had in school that who knows who wrote it. Yeah. The scriptures, can you explain that the church, founded by a man who only lived for 33 years and had a tiny, tiny influence on a tiny part of the world, has infiltrated the world? And it's what we base so much of our science and our literature and our caliber and everything. How else do you explain yeah. that? You know, and the Bible explains it very detailed. There is no debating that Jesus Christ is the... Is the um, most popular uh, Western civilization uh, person in, in our history. It's really, it's not debatable. Uh, historians, people will tell you the, the impact is there. So I think looking at, looking at the evidence and examining that evidence, you know, what Amy was saying is really important. Go ahead. I know you run out of time, so I'll be quick. Yeah, that's fine. You know, I, I've struggled with that question too. I even struggled personally with that before I became a believer. It was, and I believe that it was straight yeah. men, right? Um, but I think if we start with, with the position of authority, that the Bible is the authority, it may turn people off immediately. So I think we start with the result of the Bible is telling about your own testimony and how Jesus saved, saved you personally. And that might get them thinking, I need to read a little bit more about this. And then it becomes self-authenticating. Yeah. Yeah. You, know? you can get them curious. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Good. Thank you all. No, that's what, that's, those are... Hope that answered. There's a lot of good stuff there, y'all. Thank you.
All scripture, yeah. All scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we are wrong and teaches us to do the right thing. No good deal. We all we got eleven minutes. I think this is twelve minutes. So if you get if you got a cut, you got a cut. Um, Ray Comfort shares a gospel with an AC repairman that comes to his house. Just, just so you know, he reached out to this guy's boss and asked him if he could share the gospel with him at his house because he knew he was coming. And his boss was a Christian and said, by all means. So this is that interaction.